Hi friends, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. I know I haven't posted anything for quite some time, and the truth is with the way things are right now, I don't want to add to the noise that is already out there. There are so many things that need our attention in the world right now, but I do feel that this conversation was quite timely. And I do feel like given the timing within what's just happened with the Love Has One cult, the timing of releasing this conversation between Mary and I couldn't be more appropriate. So for those who are unfamiliar with the Love Has One cult, they are a 5D Ascension cult. I'm not going to get into the specifics around their story, but I would definitely encourage you to look into it um, because there is a lot to uncover there. And with Mary, her and I, this conversation was very candid and it lasted about four hours. So the truth is I held on to this for quite some time because it not only did it take me a while to edit it down to a digestible chunk, but also I just felt like the timing wasn't right. And in this conversation, Mary and I really dive into a lot around cult dynamics, cult-like things we were seeing occur within the spiritual community that on the platforms that we were involved in, as well as her own uh, experience sort of being sucked into this sort of cult-like group and the theories of 5D ascension that she herself found herself slipping um, into a place that was quite dangerous, but she caught herself. So um, I'm very, very grateful to have had this conversation with her, and I'm very excited to share it with you all. So trigger warning going forward, there is a lot of talk of this particular topic. So if this is something that you have had experience with and you are still healing from, I may recommend that you not listen to this episode or just take it in small digestible chunks. So with that being said, um, Mary is a filmmaker, a writer, and a storyteller. She used to be a spiritual worker and a healer. Um, And at the time that we recorded this podcast, she was actually uh, in a period of transition and working on creating new offerings for her as a spiritual worker, which she no longer does, which just goes to show you the amount of evolution and growth that one can incur along their development journey and along their path. So I think that this is just a beautiful reminder of the growth that can come in a short period of time. And another reminder to always be asking ourselves the hard questions to stay grounded um, as we move through our spiritual path. Because as you will see here, it is very easy to become indoctrinated into ways of thinking that can be very harmful and can lead to cult-like behavior and dynamics. So we need to be very, very mindful of that. And that's really what we explore in this podcast. Um, So I hope you guys enjoy it. And of course, uh, you can find Mary on Instagram and TikTok as well. Uh, And I'll post all of her links in the bio. So I hope you guys enjoy this conversation and I'll talk to you guys soon. (music) 
but I'm really, really happy that we're, we're able to talk today. Cause I feel like I've just been following you for, I, I don't know. I just resonate so much with everything you say and your energy. Oh, thank you. Well, same <laughs> goes to you. Absolutely. I think we are, uh, we are on the same wavelength as I usually say, because we share a lot of views and ideas about spirituality and safety and ethics around it. I'm not personally a psychic medium. I don't really work with mediumship, but I feel like generally when you work with people in spirituality, the kind of rules are the same. A lot of people who I am close with and other spiritual workers who I'm friends with, um, not publicly, but personally, we always talk about different things that happen online, especially on TikTok. And uh, one day, they, the reason why I am interested in a podcast and I decided to start my own is because one day one of my friends was like, you realize that you talk a lot and you're very funny when you are angry. And I was like, oh, yeah, actually, that, that does make sense. And the thing is, anything I see on TikTok in regards to spiritual practice just drives me insane. So at some point, if I start going on a tangent during this recording, you can stop me <laughs> and be like, chill. It's okay. <laughs> because it can happen. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. It can happen. Uh, and I don't control that stuff. So today I'm really excited because I have with me um, a friend of mine that we met online, very similar to the way Hope and I connected. Um, and her name is Mary Grace Fellows. And she is just a kindred spirit in my opinion she has such an incredible voice and so many incredible ideas and her and I just clicked right away the first time I saw her content um, on TikTok and I'm really excited to be sitting down with her today to talk about um, these things that need to be talked about and can be can't really be covered in a 60 second clip so <laughs> we have the opportunity today to sit down and um, really just kind of spill some more tea. So welcome, Mary. Thank you very much for having me. I absolutely agree on the fact that we clicked because like I said, we, we share a lot of point, points of views on everything that's going on online. Uh, so a little bit about me. Uh, I, I'm not going to take a lot of time. I uh, am originally from Russia, moved to the UK uh, when in 2014 to study, stayed here. Um, I've been practicing since actively practicing for about five years, but generally researching and looking into everything since I was 13. Um, and I don't really use any labels. I used to call myself a witch for some time, but within last year, I came to a conclusion that the only title I'm, I'm ready to carry is human. The rest of it doesn't really matter to me. So I don't put anything on my, I used to be a healer, but again, because my path have changed. Um, and yeah, I'm on Instagram, TikTok everywhere. <laughs> you can find me as Mary Fellows, Mary Grace Fellows. Um, I have a lot of platforms. Yeah. And it's, I love that you said that you're really about empowering people and yeah. giving that power back to people. Cause I've always felt that way too. I've always felt weird about calling myself like a a Reiki healer, master, even medium. It was a really, it took me a long time to come out and just say that, that that's identifying in, in that way. Uh, but when it comes to mediums or other like witches or other people, practitioners who actually do have a very niche specialty, that's where labels are useful. They're just not something I resonate with personally. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, and I think it's hard because it is, it's definitely, especially when you when you work in the way that that you do when you're working with different elements. You're you have there's so much going on. And it, like you said, you're just the vessel. You're literally just yeah. the vessel. Yeah. And that in and of itself is such a beautiful thing. And it is hard to to put a put a specific label on that. And yeah, I love how you said too, like you've evolved over the course of you know, your practice. I think that that's the other thing too. I think we have to be able to allow ourselves to evolve, to change, to reawaken and be reborn and have all these re rebirths, if you will, Mm -hmm. in our practices and and in our spiritual journey over and over and over and over again. And it does sound like that's something that, you know, you've experienced a multitude of times since you started practicing. It's a very interesting point that you are making because it was a very hard situation for me to overcome from a human perspective so from a spiritual perspective everything made sense I'm totally understandable but when I switched to this human perspective with my daily routines with my daily life and general like uh, certainty and safety in terms of future where the linear time comes back (laughs) into understanding of everything I get confused because what happened is that I already realized that I'm not supposed to do certain healings and all healings in general I already understood it subconsciously then my conscious started understanding it and I started feeling why why would this change if previous modality and previous stuff was working really well so I was trying to put the human perspective into it and be like why would there be this change if everything was working did I do something wrong or immediately started putting that on top of myself in reality that's just the flow um and like you said a lot of people um, need to allow themselves to evolve and change and grow with time, uh, especially if it's a spiritual worker who provides services for others, because we essentially have to lead by example. And when people who are spiritual workers don't really show the, the background of develop of that development, then the customers and clients don't really understand that there is no end goal there is no uh ending to the healing or to spiritual journey it's not like you opened up your gifts and that's it like job done no it's always going to be a lifelong journey of one rebirth after another after another and so on uh until you back with source essentially and people uh like audience online they also need to understand it because this slowly kind of moves into the topic that we will talk about because essentially eventually they get to a position where they start being scared that they are not reaching a goal that they will never achieve it that there is a deadline and all of that gets plugged into it even though actually it's just the existence of the flow (laughs) that's it yeah I think that it's definitely hard when you are in it and like you said that your human mind creates this sort of story around what you're doing and how 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 do you rectify that when that starts to change you know when when your views start to change or when you do shift and you see the world differently and you want to show up differently sort of putting that in into action is really hard I find because we are creatures of habit in being human Mm -hmm. and so some of the ways that, you know, especially when your belief systems start to be 
shifted or your Mm -hmm. ways of thinking are changing. You no longer resonate with that pattern of thinking that you Mm -hmm. did resonate with that you were working with your clients in that way or that you were promoting. And it's sort of, it's a reckoning that you have to, that you have to come to. We're also doing stuff online, which creates, first of all, a persona and second of all, a line of content that people subscribe for. And then suddenly you change, your ideas change, and there is always a chance that you'll start contradicting yourself from from what you posted before. That was one of the biggest fears that I've had because, Mm -hmm. but there is this person online, uh, she's very big in spiritual community. I've started, so my, uh, I'm very grateful that I found her for two reasons. First of all, she showed me that I don't have to do everything in a witchy way. I can actually directly connect with source and escape the third party, which I'm grateful for. And another reason why I'm grateful for is because she showed me how not to, because um, at first everything started great, but then I stayed grounded and I stayed with my research. I stayed ethical down to earth recognizing where the metaphors come from where you know where it's actual reality and stuff like that and we just split paths very significantly but i still have a big she promoted me as a healer for a long time so i have a big chunk of my following coming from her Mm. and then suddenly when i realized what's happening when i realized that i don't agree with her any longer and i saw the bad stuff uh I had to turn around 180 and needed to swiftly go around. And I was really afraid that people won't notice the growth, but they will notice the betrayal. Right. Even though the betrayal didn't happen, but they will notice that, I oh, I turned away from her. That must mean that I betrayed her. But that's not what happened. We just grew up. Yeah. But I do have a story there. We worked really closely. And uh, that's what I'm saying about growth when... Yes, I was in that. And that was pretty much at the same time when I told you in our DMs that I was really close to falling into conspiracy theories, like this close. What took me out is actually reading and thinking (laughs) and putting two and two together and be like, actually, that doesn't make any sense. And then I looked into all the QAnon conspiracy theories and I was like, okay, uh, that's a little bit too out there. I'm not going to do that. So... um, It was happening at the same time. So while I was doing the research and paying more attention to inner work, um, I realized that, oh, shit, well, that's not really what I agree with. And that's when the separation with her happened. But um, I was really scared that people will just not understand. I'm lucky that they stayed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think that that goes to show, though, that you can you know, I think that there's a lot of ungrounded stuff out there that it's very easy to get sucked into. It's the same way with conspiracy theories and that you could happen in in spirituality and spiritual practices. You can get, because it's enough of it is based in reality that, you know, it grabs you, it makes sense. And then it pulls you in. And then the next, everything in the beginning, Oh, makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Be a good human. You know, this, these tactics do work. These, these things, if you implement them in your life, they will make things better. But then eventually when you're in it, you've been indoctrinated into it. They start throwing in these little things that are a little bit out there. And the next yeah. thing you know, it's just a slippery slope that you can go down. And I think that it's not to invalidate anyone's practice or belief system at all. It's, it's really about figuring out, okay, am I, 
am I coming at this from a place of like being really honest with yourself? I think that that's the most important thing. We have to keep checking in throughout our journey and say, how honest with myself am I actually being? Yeah. And when am I starting to sort of lose touch with like the world that I'm existing in? Mm -hmm. Because I think that that's what we're seeing a lot of online um, with a lot of the content that's being put out there. And I think it has a lot to do with number one, we're in isolation. Number two, we have a lot of time on our hands. Um, And so we, we don't have those normal distractions. I was about to say that because a lot of cults, because um, we, we can agree that QAnon is a cult. It's, it's mm-hmm. obvious. So, and I don't, I don't remember how exactly because I wasn't really on checking in with QAnon at the time, but somehow they've bled into spirituality with their re- made up reality. And a lot of people in spiritual community, especially teenagers who don't really understand what QAnon is, they start incorporating the cult mentality and conspiracy ideas in their spiritual practices and then it all bleeds together and then you don't know what's real what's not of covid because of that lockdown the lockdowns and everything that we started going through plus fear on top of it because we all got scared of getting sick all of that played into the fact that somehow the amount of people who believe in conspiracies and spirituality skyrocketed and it became progressively worse from the end of summer during the entire autumn. And now it's just, uh, I don't even know the, the word to explain it apart from clusterfuck, but I don't know if you can swear on your podcast. Oh yeah, girl, this is a free space. <laughs> so it is a clusterfuck now. And every single time I see something out of, uh, out of that area, I'm like, I don't even know how to reply because we have tried and we are still actively trying to work against it and to speak out against it, uh, especially having the background of almost slipping into that area. But people still fall for it because those take numbers and they get attention easier. People would rather believe a fantasy rather than reality, so. Yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, it's definitely, we're in, <clears throat> and it's sort of become this, like we were talking, like, you know, the it's become this group think that has really gotten out of control because at this point I was looking and it turns out that there hasn't actually been like a real Q drop. And I think they said somewhere around, I think since right before the Capitol insurrection, it's been a while. Mm -hmm. Um, So at this point now, it's literally just sort of people perpetuating their own theories and the group think has taken on its yeah it's, it's it's a mind of its own in a way which is even scarier because it, like who knows where that's going to go so it's very it's very frightening to see it play out um and then it brings it back to the fear the doomsday rhetoric mm-hmm. all of that because that's what we've seen with cults time and time again is there's always a there's always a an end game right there's always a prophetic yeah. end game and I think that in the spir- in spirituality, one thing that I've seen a lot of these channelers and people come out and they've said is they, they're saying, oh, you know, they use, they speak in metaphor and they always yep. use these big metaphorical terms by saying, oh, um, something really big is coming, guys. You need to buckle your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy ride. And just talking like that and promoting that kind of group think it pulls you into theories like that QAnon and these conspiracy theories that are out there are, are sort of perpetuating. So it just blends together 
in this way that's really scary. <laughs> this is where this is where my rage comes in. Uh, because they don't it's it's so it's so funny to me to see that because uh i've made a series of videos i don't i I don't remember maybe you've seen them or not uh where i've basically stitched wesley uh, who is a christian infamous christian on tiktok and i was like do you realize you're doing the exact same thing you guys are saying the exact same rhetoric but with different verbiage you are doing Uh, and they don't see it i was like hold up let me just go and actually pay attention to what she says. Nothing surprised me. But then I saw the video, the right, where she s- replies to a comment that says, I think Christians need to be prepared more than ever because something's coming. I started yelling at the camera. <laughs> I couldn't handle it anymore because it's so obvious, but people in spirituality don't understand. This is where I'm, I was getting at. There are two extremes. When people exit Christianity, there are two ways of developing either going the atheist way where you will completely deny everything and you can uh, more more so even attack Christians for being stupid or stuff like that. There are very toxic atheists out there as well. And then we get people who exit Christianity into spirituality because they are comforted by the idea of having the higher power. But they don't work on the programming and dogmas and brainwashing and everything indoctrination that Christianity brings along. So they they end up in this trap of being spiritual but portraying the same idea. So there are two extremes. There is always balance and different versions between them, uh, or even outside them. But these are very noticeable online, especially on TikTok. Um, I blocked majority of atheists because I've had enough of their. Um, uh, small dick energy but you know the, the the spiritual people they do come across sometimes there is one girl i follow basically saying that are you noticing the great split of society that um there will be people who will stay in 3D and live in smart cities and smart societies and then there will be 5D people living in self-sufficient sovereign free societies like communes and stuff and I was like and then we are surprised that we have a cult organizing themselves online the way Mm. that the algorithm is designed as a platform is to it's going to show you things you're really amp you up either way it doesn't care if it's negative or if it's good and what this perpetually has led to is a, a split online that we have seen obviously that's just a facet of technology that we have to deal with, but we also have to be, it's why using discernment, being aware of yourself and being self-aware is so very important right now. And there's a lot of promotion of, especially within the 5D spiritual community that we've seen people talking about escaping capitalist society, escaping the matrix and the idea of living in a self-sufficient society or commune is appealing. It's hard for me to not, I can't even phrase it without stumbling. It's hard for me to process how people don't understand that there is a difference between uh, awakening and escaping capitalism. Because the matrix is another word for capitalism. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. we, we live in a society that's based on capitalism, which isn't even the right version of capitalism like they they have morphed it into something and by they i mean like 
rich people, morphed it into something that it's not supposed to be. People think that we are in the society that we're living in because they are trying to suppress our awakening, suppress our spiritual. No, they don't give two shits about spirituality. All they care about is money and workforce. They need cheap workforce to gain more money. That's how capitalism work, works. It's not about spirituality. And because they make that connection with the matrix, which is capitalism and awakening, suddenly we have to run away from capitalistic society to be spiritual. And I don't process that really well. I mean, I get the logic behind it, but I still don't understand how people can wholeheartedly believe that. It can't be an institution. It can't be the same for everybody. So within the frames of capitalism, it, our spirituality can be anything, anything we want it to be. It doesn't have any connection to it unless we bring people from corporations that want to gain money from spirituality that's why consumerism appears but that's a different topic we don't have to have anything not tools not nothing to practice that topic of the matrix holding us back from spiritual awakening and development is also based in fear Mm -hmm. basically i'm coming back to the same thing because we always have to have an enemy we always have to have a separate entity that will hold us back from God. Essentially, it's going to be the same. The matrix is the devil. We have reptilians who are supposedly running the matrix. The reptilians, then we connect it with the snake uh, and serpent from the Bible. And it's all, again, the same story. Um, one way or another, we're, coming, we're always coming back to the idea that there is always an enemy. There's always someone to be afraid of, someone to run away from, um, someone to defeat. And in my world, it existed for some time, but it doesn't anymore because we are so much more powerful than people believe that even those who are practicing spirituality yet still stay in that fear-based bubble they also don't realize how powerful yeah capitalism is shit i'm not saying that it's a great society that we're living in the amount of stuff that's going on with our economics and everything is capitalism to blame um however it has nothing to do with spirituality whatsoever it's become so convoluted and that's that's like the problem that i think we see is is how do we rectify that how do we move forward from this sort of group think that's come that's come forward and I think it brings it back like you said to fear Mm -hmm. talking about fear and how that can really impact people when it comes to exploring their spiritual what are the general fears that people experience when it comes to um spiritual development or fear tactics of anything lack of stability lack of uh, certainty fear of the unknown fear of failure if we get the fear of the unknown people are i've had several clients who would get a coaching session with me and be like oh i really want to do this like i really want to uh open up my gifts and want to practice this but i'm so scared that i will discover something unknown and all i'm saying usually in that case is that your soul already knows everything 
there is no unknown. Unknown doesn't exist. It's a made up concept of Hollywood or anything else. Your soul already knows everything because you've been there. And the only thing that's happening is your consciousness and human brain catches up with it. So there is no unknown. You already know that stuff. It's within you. You just need to remember it. The fear of failure, people are so indoctrinated by either Christian beliefs or the way they were raised or society in general that we are so always supposed to be perfect. It's a purity culture. It comes from, well, I believe Christianity mostly. Mm -hmm. But after several conversations, conversations I've had with my guides or with other people, it always comes to a point where the point of existence is to make mistakes and grow. Yep. So fear of failure is counterproductive because you need to fail to understand how to continue and grow. Fear of failure might be also connected to someone being afraid that, oh, my mother will be, will be so disappointed or my, someone else is going to yell at me because I failed. I'm going to be fired because I didn't manage to do this, this and that and so on. The entire existence here is full of fears, but majority of them, there is one good fear that I call the instinct, where we have the fear that actually keeps us safe and uh, just creates caution about where we are at. That's a different topic, but I'm talking about the fear that doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, The indoctrinated fear the one that keeps us locked in a certain position. Generally, if we go through each fear that exists out there, we will come to a conclusion that there is no fear in general. Anything that we get from source, from universe, from our guides, always comes from a position of love, uh, whether people understand it or not. I have I've worked with a lot of people, you know, especially that want to work with spirit they want to uncover their gifts but there is so much conditioned fear from their past from their childhood and trauma and a lot of people aren't even comfortable you know and I was like this too it took me a very long time to get to a place where I could use the word God again yeah um and working through that took a very long time and it 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 was really challenging but I guess if you know when it comes to finding those like just really looking at the ways that we, the way our language can shape the perce- the perception of how we yeah. view the world is so very important. And I feel like, what are some of the ways that you've found that you've worked with people to help them overcome? What are some steps that people can take who are trying to dismantle that fear inside that you found to be successful? There are things that I, almost made my catchphrase at this point all I'm saying is there is nothing more spiritual than being human (laughs) and I I there is no better phrase to basically describe the entire process of working through that as a human we experience a range of emotions from happiness and uh, like ecstatic happiness to absolute dread and also fury We have so many different aspects of us, but within spiritual community, for example, or Christianity or anything else, we have this purity culture where you have to stay 
happy all the time or always love and never experience anger or frustration, never express that, which suppresses very important parts of our human life. Therefore, in that example, I say there is nothing more spiritual of being human. If you feel angry, express it. Express it so that it doesn't bottle up, so that you don't break down further. And after expressing it, when you're cal calmer, you can come back and be and understand why you why you was so angry and maybe work through it. There is a lot of things that involve also finding the right therapist to someone who it it is accessible for, of course, because knowing that majority of the listeners probably will be from America, but even in the UK, sometimes it's very hard to find a therapist because um, of waiting lists. But in general, um, when, it, we, when we talk about emotions or trauma, I know that spirituality can help a ton. Uh, and we can, we can always look at, at, at spiritual things, past life trauma or energy healing as a way of aid, aiding the, the process of healing. However, therapy is something that I always remind about because we are not I personally am not trained uh, I would love to be trained as a, as a therapist but I'm not so I'm not allowed to do certain or say certain things um, so being scared of expressing your emotions purity culture just don't do that you are allowed to experience all of them I, one of the things I say is there's nothing more spiritual than being human. So don't be afraid of being human. That's your goal. You are here to do this human stuff. It's hard. It's annoying. People are annoying. Human life is sometimes very boring, confusing, and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't bring joy sometimes. But that's the point of our existence here and now. Yeah. Another thing that we need to remember is that um, with Christianity demonizing a lot of things and Hollywood demonizing a lot of things about spirit world in general, we also have the fear of the other side because we're like, well, demons going to possess me. They're all evil. There are people that like, there are things that will possess me and trick me and blah, blah, blah. None of that actually exists. None of what people portray in Hollywood or, um, Christianity demons has have <laughs> demons have never been demons on, until Christianity came along so there's nothing like that um and explaining that to people is harder because they have to experience the love of every single entity behind the veil themselves before they can trust it but explaining it nonetheless and opening up to that idea works as well uh, but those are the main things that I usually do is explaining that there is nothing that will control you. There is nothing um, evil. Evil is, is a human construct. It doesn't exist outside our mind. And there is nothing more spiritual than me, human. Those are just the only things that I do. Of course, uh, that's general idea behind it. Then if I have a one-to-one -one session, we go a lot deeper into situation looking at past life traumas or current life traumas that affected the energy of a person um, because there are different factors that can play into different fears but in general if we remember those three things uh, that usually helps with fear the most interesting thing that I've noticed recently was people 
not realizing that if they feel an entity sweeping into their system, I mean, energy field, they can, they are in control, not the entity. Mm-hmm. So it, I had to learn it also the hard way because I also believed in the idea that if they're here, then I need to banish them with like a spell because I was doing witchcraft for most of my time. But when I realized that actually, you know what, it's my territory. You came here as a guest. So please be kind to me, <laughs> kind to me and show me your real self your true nature and your true goal and at this point I usually tell people you realize you're in control which means you can command them to do whatever the fuck you want (laughs) if you don't trust it command them to show their real nature if you want them out say so Uh, visualize it leaving if you need to call upon I don't know a spirit or a deity or universe in general to help you with it that's it you don't like establish a boundary if you need to. But in general, if something weird comes in, you are still always in the power to get rid of it because it's a guest in your system, not the other way around. And people don't realize I had a few people uh, having a session with me with like a haunting in a house. Um, and they're like very scared, nightmares, la la la. And I'm like, it's your house, <laughs> it's your house it's your body just know because you are still in control of that territory uh but we even with hollywood we're rushed into thinking that oh uh if a demon is here then i i'm losing my power no don't give away your power to random shits whether it's other people or whether it's random entities uh, no one can overpower the you (laughs) but we forget about that everything i become aware of is within me 100%. And so, and this is the thing that I've come to kind of learn within just working mediumistically and working with the spirit world was that my emotions that I have within myself, because I can't be made aware of something that doesn't exist within me already. Yeah. And I think once you realize that that's the type of power that you hold and that's how the spirit world will work with you, it helps a lot to recognize that anything that you are being made aware of that is making you uncomfortable you have to explore or look at and say, okay, where is this coming from within me? Do I not understand this? A lot of times it's just a misunderstanding of, I have this thing inside of me, this emotion that I don't understand. And when we reach things or we are made aware of things we don't understand, it's often uncomfortable and scary. And I think that that's where the projection comes into play. Um, another reason why that happens, I think most of the time people separate uh, what's happening or what they download or anything else they separate it from their own mm-hmm. being in my experience that's a wrong way of going around yep. because from doing past life regressions more often during summer last year I eventually realized that people first of all past lives aren't really past lives yeah that's a different topic yeah maybe some of them might be past lives but they're not really anything that gets presented to us through downloads visions clairecognizant messages anything like that majority of the time more often than not i'm repeating myself 
it will be a representation of our own psyche. And this is where uh, I kind of am happy that I stumbled across a lot of atheists online, especially on TikTok, because they pulled me down. Um, there was an atheist Jesus guy. I don't like what he does. I don't really like his content. Uh, I just think that he's a little bit too pretentious for, for his own uh, good. But at some point, he triggered something in me that very harshly pulled me back to the ground. He said, spiritual workers, witches, blah, 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 prove me that it exists. And blah, blah, blah. And, you know, then I will agree. Provide me the evidence. And that triggered me because for a very long time, I forgot to question myself. That's what you mentioned in the beginning, that we have to always question what, what's happening, uh, whether I'm still grounded or I'm out there. A lot has shifted in my perspective of everything I was doing before. And that's why I'm saying now past lives aren't really past lives. If we yep. see ourselves in Atlantis, which I've seen myself being in Atlantis, but the story that played out there in the past life reflected my story with my dad. It, like one-to-one, -one, um, I will open up about that. So the past life that I saw in Atlantis, I was the daughter of Triton, who Triton expelled from Atlantis for falling in, uh, falling in love with a human. My story with my dad my dad was very harsh with me. He didn't tell me that he loves me. I ran away from home and then came back because we worked through stuff. It's almost the same thing. But by healing that past life, I changed my own perception in my brain. Therefore, my life with my dad here changed into positive too. So it's always borderline psychology. <laughs> Placebo effect, maybe. Yes. Uh, so there is nothing to really prove to anyone because, yeah, it's it's just placebo effect, but it will represent differently for anyone. So when we get the metaphorical representation of whatever, we can't take it seriously. We can't jump on it and be like, oh, Christian God is locked up because my angel said so. That's not what, the, that's not what they said. <laughs> Maybe you saw them saying that Christian God is locked up. But what does that mean personally for you? Because that message right. came for you, not for everybody right. else. So, um, and that's funny because I had to also understand that. I had to go through realizing that, oh shit, actually everything I've experienced was mostly like a representation of my psyche. And then I remember also, I worked with my one of my current active spirit guides and before regressing into one of the past lives, he asked, do you want to see the energy or do you want me to put it into the made up human bodies? And that also rang a bell. Like I could have healed it just in an energy form, but it would have been really abstract. It didn't mean anything. It would have been hard for my human brain to handle, or I can see it as a past life and heal it that way. So we will never know what's real unless we question and try to dig in research the metaphors, research the historical aspects of it, and generally stay grounded. Otherwise, we can fly away far. Yeah, and I've seen that happen a lot. And I worked with a, a clinical hypnotherapist for a while, for close to a year. And 
that was one of the first things she told me. She said, you know, past life regression was, is really, there's no way to prove or validate your past lives. Exactly. You can't. And being, working with evidential mediumship, it's very something that's, I think that is the reason why I have, I've really stayed very grounded is because I'm rooted in evidence. If you've got to give me evidence, I've got to give my clients evidence. That's the only way that I can do this work coming from that left brain, (laughs) you know, nursing mentality. But I remember when she told me that and she said, you know, whether or not it's a story that your subconscious is creating to help you work through the issues you're having currently, what, or if it really is a past life, we'll truly, you know, we have to look at it from both sides. You have to see it in that way. And you're absolutely right. It it does. And and that just goes to show you the power of the mind, the power of the psyche itself. Like we have so much power in Mm -hmm. here, conscious. And I think that that's, I think that that gets lost. Like people love the fantasy idea that like, this is absolute this, because I saw it in my, in my regression. And because I, I went to this place or I had this weird download that it must be real. And it's like, like, okay, let's, <laughs> you know, like there you, you really do walk that fine line. <laughs> I think it, it's just, it's interesting to see how the psyche can play out in all of these different, you know, and I feel like that's, that's why the need for grounded practitioners is so important right now, um, more than ever, just because you see something doesn't necessarily mean that it's true. And you have yeah. to, discernment is so freaking important. And accountability, uh, transparency, and authenticity of making mistakes, then improving, then growing, then making mistakes again, or changing your mind, researching and changing uh, your understanding of the universe and everything like that is important not only for us to keep ourselves in check, but also to show others that it's normal. It's not like, it's not like you're going to open up your third eye, see everything and be right all the time. (laughs) Not even close. It's actually like the more you learn, I feel. And that's like the one thing that I found is the more I, the more I practice, the more I grow, the less I know. And the more I'm willing to say that I I don't have answers, you know, when people come to me, I don't. And I can only speak from my experience and I I can never invalidate the lived experience of someone else. And I think that that's like something that it can be really hard, especially when you start to teach, you're absolutely right in that. Like, I'm always concerned. My issues always come down to like, it's a wounding of being a rescuer. Like my inner child wound is like the rescuer. Right. So I feel like I have to to protect other people. I feel this intense need to make sure that, you know, people don't fall into these traps, but really at the end of the day, I can't control what other people do. And I have to look at that within myself. Yeah. So I can only be responsible for what I pour and what people do with it. That's on them. I can't mm-hmm. take responsibility for that. I can only take yeah. responsibility and accountability for what I do. And that's a hard place to be because like I said, there's a res- the responsibility piece feels so heavy sometimes because when you put yourself out there in that way, because you felt called to, where does that calling come from? Why do I feel this need to help other people? Why do I feel so protective? Where is this coming from? You know, I'm I'm not even going to lie. Half and half, there is spirit in my ego, both of them. 
oh, I'm yeah. not going to pretend because yes, I had multiple sessions like meditations with myself and journaling sessions where I do intuitive writing with, uh, with the guides and everything. Um, because intuitive writing is majority of the, the, the biggest thing that I do to process the messages. Cause uh, I, I can't do them differently, but um even though I did get a lot of guidance into the place where I am right now even though that was a, a repetitive message over and over and over again until I got pushed into this place where I am right now I still have just like you said it's not not the rescuer exactly but in my sense is justice in my sense is to uh, Justice, not in a sense that I want to punish those who are uh, like using people and using spirituality for gain. I don't want to punish anyone. It's not my job. But justice in terms of I want people to see the truth. Yeah. I want people to see what what is bullshit, where people are being un- dishonest and where people are being manipulative. I want just people to find the truth. But my truth will be different from theirs and so on so this is also where I'm like yeah I want to share my truth because there will be people like you or hope or anybody else who will uh, resonate with it and we will be able to put our messages across and unite the voices together Uh, and there will be people who are uh, like a regular person or someone who's interested in spirituality who needs to hear that point of view to change theirs but there's going to be a lot more people who will disagree and a yeah. lot more people whose truth is going to be completely different from mine. And just like you said, it's not my place to convert them because we're not here to convert. We're not here to prove them wrong, which I am struggling with that. It's in my nature to prove everybody <laughs> that I'm right <laughs> because I haven't been hurt as a child. It's also connected to like childhood plus um teenage years we always have to keep that in mind and remember that we can't control everything all we can do is actually be mindful of what we are putting out there and in case if we make mistake and say something wrong we can always retract and apologize uh and I think that because I've done that multiple times on my page um the journey that we are sharing the journey of um working with ego and working with our mistakes and growth growing and taking holding ourselves accountable more than anybody else will be an example for those who want it to be we have lack of subscribe followers on tiktok for a reason because <laughs> it's not for everyone unfortunately not just yet i think yeah i think it's i think we're coming to a place where you know, people don't like mundane or they don't, they, they want, they, they want the, the flat, they want the flash, the, the, the stuff that grabs you. And I think that when you really kind of bring things down to a grounded level, there's, it loses the, the excitement or the luster that you kind of get when you're first, you know, going through a, you know, any type of transition or spiritual journey that can be really exciting. Like we're, what we're saying is like, well, you know, actually this is from my perspective. I feel like this, what I've learned, it's, you know, I, I love this. There's this quote and I can't remember where I read it. And I think it came from my teacher, like one of my first teachers. And he said to me, he said, I think it was, I don't, I don't want to misquote it, but he basically said enlightenment is like the last disappointment. 
<laughs> it's the last yeah. big disappointment because you realize like, and I think that that's what we experience over and over and over again is when we come back down and we realize, okay, you know, if you tighten the string too much on the guitar, it's going to snap. If you loosen it too much, it won't play. It's really about finding that middle ground in all things, spirituality, life, being human, all of it. It's all about walking in a middle way, you know? It's always about balance. Why are we so adamant to remove darkness? Why are we so afraid of it? By questioning that, I came back to Christianity and be like, okay, so we have this stupid belief that darkness means evil or darkness means bad, but it's actually not. I've understood that it's not about removing darkness, having light. It's about balancing them within the person or within the life, within a soul that we come across. You know, I don't know if you're familiar with um, Ram Das, but he's like one of the biggest spiritual teachers that I've, that I've learned so much from and that I've just, I've always felt a strong connection to. And he would go and he would um, sit with a channel and they would channel this, this guide, Emmanuel. But Emmanuel said, Ram Das, you're human. You came here to be human. Why don't you take the curriculum? Like, <laughs> you know, cause we do get into these, this perpetual. And so it's just good to find that there are other practitioners out there who are, who are using discernment, who are very grounded. And I think that that's just something that's very, very needed. And I'm so grateful to have come across you and to have found you because I couldn't agree more with the things that you say. And it's like you, you and hope and, and, you know, like a lot of the other evidential mediums that I found on TikTok. I mean, yeah, you're right. Like our followings are not very big and it's like in the scale of, in the scale of what TikTok is and what you can, how you can scale, but it, it reaches the people it needs to. I started, when I started saying something against the bullshit on TikTok, I felt completely alone Yeah, because people who I followed were very far off the ground. So when I found you and Hope and everybody else who I'm in close contact with right now, I, I felt like finally, but I think straight after that, within like a month, I started finding more and more people who are being truthful about their experiences still remembering to show how absolutely beautiful and magical this practice can be, but also remembering to stay grounded. And and I think that that's wonderful that we started finding each other. And I'm just hoping that one day the scales on social media will change and the, uh, the people who talk about the practice, pr- the practical side of it, will be heard a lot more and it's not even about me I don't care in general I'm just hoping that society will shift because what I'm thinking I've mentioned that throughout the podcast um I'm thinking that this is all happening in that crazy way only because we are in the lockdown for such a long time we and a lot of people actually who are within the spirituality, not all, but a lot, are neurodivergent one way or another. Um, And we are struggling, especially people with ADHD, because I have a suspicion that I have one, but we are struggling to find the stimulant. Yeah. So 
we end up looking for it in like mundane things. And mm. if people are very into fantasy or into mystery and thriller and horror, or they're very into spirituality, we will come up with other things to, to, to just stimulate ourselves, our own brain. And I'm not surprised that a lot of people fell for uh, QAnon and fell for the the other stuff in spirituality that doesn't make sense or is made up because at least life is not that boring (laughs) (laughs) to be fairly honest at least it's not that boring but another note I wanted to to say and I think that's going to be the last thing I um I have to add here is that yeah sometimes enlightenment can be the last disappointment where we end up coming back from this um trip back to earth and suddenly realize oh actually it's very simple very but I started recognizing the small things um that happened to me a couple years ago when I uh, started taking my antidepressants depressants for the first time ever and getting out of depression I realized oh shit I haven't noticed a damn bird for years because I was so depressed that I was like within me didn't see stuff around me whatsoever now, because I've been on a healing path for such a long time, I can see a bird in my garden and be like, okay, this day is perfect now. I just find happiness in such small things that before didn't really make any significant change to my mood. And I think there is a duality to it. On one hand, yeah, it can be a disappointment. On the other hand, because of how beautiful this experience is, small mundane things become magical. So it's like both sides. Again, yin-yang, again, balance. (laughs) Healing doesn't have a destination. It doesn't have a goal, doesn't have an ending, but also it's not linear. Mm -hmm. It will have ups and downs and it will have like scribbles and it will Mm -hmm. loop in itself. And it always, every healing journey will have a unique pattern depending on a person. We might have similar backgrounds and similar traumas and similar, similar experiences, but the journey we're taking through it will be different for each person. And it's beautiful how unique each and every one of us actually is. And, but I think (laughs) the saddest part of this entire thing is that um, seeing how people deny their own power, like I'm guilty of that too. I will drag myself through dirt and mud, but that is uh, on one hand various it's sarcasm and self-irony and it's just me saying real remembering that yeah I'm human I can't be wrong I am wrong and pretty much I'm, I'm I'm just average human being I'm not trying to be someone else there were a couple of questions people asking oh well how do you like manage to live with the, your husband if he's like so 3d and I said I just don't care um because so 3d yeah exactly that's what people asked me oh my gosh wow like if he's so 3d based how do you live like how do you manage to live with him I'm like yeah because the the choosing the dimension is going to be the main point of me being in a relationship with him not like the fact that he's a kind very amazing human being who I love and not the love playing the big role there but the vibrational point and uh he always hears me speaking to people uh and he calls me crazy sometimes jokingly and you know we we have our jokes here and there but the thing is uh, it's it's not about waking him up 
it's just not the point the point of love <laughs> that's again comes back to, to christianity our point of the existing here is not to make mm-hmm. as many people uh as we can to be awake or our point is not to wake everybody up and it's, it sounds like converting people into christianity right it's not our point of existing our point of being here is just to be and if i want to go and be a personal trainer in the gym i will if i want to do something else and get like a therapist uh diploma or something i will like our point is not to with the, all the 5d ascensionists on tiktok it's like oh wake everybody up wake up blah blah, blah. And like crusades against normal people and then saying that if if people are still in 3d and choosing to stay in 3d they will disappear that's a whole lot of conversation mm. that was like the epitome for, and it didn't even real and i mean i'm grounded but i was like wait like what what is happening? Like I was having like a visceral reaction in my body. Like, and I didn't even realize. And I was like, where is this coming from? Like, I know this is all like woo woo BS that I'm not like subscribing to, but there's a visceral reaction happening in my body. What is this tied to? And it, it all came down to like the rapture rhetoric, the band, the abandonment, everything kind of sort of surfaced with that. And I think that's why I felt so strongly that I had to speak out against it because I was just like, okay, I need to let people know, like, this is where I stand and I'm not going to go any further. Like I'm done. I'm, I'm done. I would see, yeah, you, you know, and I think that that's, that's the part of that rebirth and that figuring out again, where am I going with this? And I was going to say, my husband just laughed at me. He was like, why are you so upset? He was like, why are you so entrenched in this and I was like he's like let's let's work this out he's like let's figure out why you're so upset and I was just like I don't even know and that was a realization in and of itself (laughs) yeah that is cult that is culty rhetoric that is cult yeah absolutely but people don't don't understand the thing is we don't uh, I think the reason why people don't see the cult mentality in a spiritual community online is because there is no a definite leader leader because usually what happens with the cult is we have this leader who will lead everyone and show these predatory weird um things happening with them um and people don't really recognize cult there because we're so used to this idea that there has to be a crazy person who leads everybody like manson People don't look into other versions of cult and people don't take a bite. Um, there we go. Bite model, bite bite model, model of authoritarian control. Yeah, uh, people don't look into it. But if you if you look into all that stuff, it checks out. And even when you look at those people with big following, you suddenly say something against them. I did have a, I made a mistake once to say something against that particular woman. And uh, if I didn't delete the video that I, I, I posted, then I probably would have had a huge backlash because she also functions like a cult. The, the comments I see under her videos is people blatantly believing her and calling her almost a goddess. And same goes to a lot of other spiritual practitioners out there, but they are playing on the cult of ideology because you don't have to have a person to follow if you follow that system, they all are the same. Um, 
the big shifts and splits where the same happened in Revelation, where society split it in two. We have those who follow Jesus and those who don't. Then those who don't have a choice to follow Jesus. And if they don't, they will be tormented for a hundred years. If they choose Jesus, they will go into heaven. Um, same here. You Because the... <laughs> The girl I mentioned before with the great split, she said, you have a choice now which vibration and which timeline you want to be on. At, at some point, you won't have a choice anymore. And I was like, that sounds like a revelation. Yeah. Word for word. And I had to learn revelation. But now I do because it was a preparation for me to be able to see the bullshit. But that's what I'm trying to say. It's It's Christianity repackaged. With the same rhetoric, the same doomsday, the same idea of a doomsday. And now all of them together, Christians and 5D Ascensionists and New Agers, are talking about the three days of darkness where you have to prepare food and cans and prepare for the apocalypse for three days. They've been talking about three days of darkness for December 21st too. They've been talking about three days of darkness for August 27th too. It happens every month. They come up with the fact that there's going to be something happening. They're doing the exact same stuff, but they don't see it. And also they fight with each other. That's the most hilarious part to <laughs> me because Christians will go against new agers. New agers go, go against Christians. And it's like uh, poking in a, a mirror. Like you're doing, you guys are doing the exact same thing and you don't see it. How can you not see it? <laughs> But yeah, they, they talk about the internet going down, like total blackout, electricity going down for everybody um, and everything like that. I'm surprised no one took Texas into the- That's what I was just going to say. I was like, I feel like this is not what we just saw in Texas. People haven't turned that yeah. into it. However, people started saying- <laughs> They're stupid. They could have taken that story and applied it to what they've been predicting. Mm -hmm. They could have done this, but no, they decided to say that snow was, was fake. Look, the snowflakes are straight. They're not real. Took me two seconds to go to Google, be like, types of snowflakes, needle, cluster needles, cluster snowflakes. There are so many different things. <laughs> Just two minutes on Google. I'm sorry, this happens all the it happens all the time. They could have taken the story with Texas and turn it around and says, see, this is the three days of darkness we talked about. And it did last almost for three days with a flood afterwards. Why not to take that as an opportunity to prove yourself right? But no, now we have fake snow and the government working with harp. Fuck. Feeling like there are times when I know that like I I don't have the mental bandwidth to Same. take. To, to, to like put something out there, even though I know it needs to be said, I'm just like, you know what? My mental health comes first. Yeah. And if I'm not ready to put myself out there and like have a conversation with people who I know are going to oppose the things I say online or, and it's not, I'm not about, I'm not, I feel like I don't want people, I'm, I, I'm not there to tell people they're wrong. I'm just more or less there to spread awareness to be like, look, this is a, let's look at this from a practical, like, let's look at this from another angle before we start yeah. attributing these things to you know, the, these sort of outlandish theories and ideas. And I, so it's, it's, I, it's exhausting. That's it becomes so exhausting. And so it's a very interesting place to be when you start to try to teach or you try to educate other people and put content out there to educate people. 
and the things that you're met with. And it, it just gives you a, re- it's a reality check for like, wow, like I did not realize. Wow. <laughs> like, it also, it also feels like a faith test. Sometimes yeah. when you, you're met with some bullshit from other people and you realize, oh, my words actually aren't going to make any change. Yeah. It tests not only, it not only is a reality check when you realize that you're not the greatest person in the world and everybody's gonna agree with you it's also a faith check because no matter what people say we end up not following the bullshit not giving up and we still keep going at this point it is just because i i personally am sick and tired of seeing the stuff that just doesn't make sense and I would rather I'd rather just start making fun of it because I'm tired of trying to explain it from a logical standpoint that no one listens um because the amount of times I had to repeat myself on this platform I came uh almost exactly a year ago before we spoke uh I checked the first video that I've uploaded it was late March last year oh wow uh, so I came almost a year ago and since then what I didn't start from witch talk I started from like random shit because I didn't know witch talk existed but when I found witch talk I obviously swooped in and when I found witch talk the amount of times I had to repeat myself about appropriation about fear about uh lies and bullshit and ego death mentality and all of that I repeated myself over and over and over. I swear once in a month, I had to make a similar video to a previous one because I keep seeing videos that are just dumb. So at this point, (laughs) because it's getting worse and worse, at this point, I just want to mock this community. But also I know that some people don't really get sarcasm and they might think that I'm thinking that maybe irony and sarcasm is not really something that will work because they still will fall for it because they yep. don't read between the lines. Yeah. And there is there is no in between. That's why I started burning out a lot more recently and um, I moved uh, mostly to Instagram. Honestly, like you're fighting the good fight. You're doing the good work. Like, you know what I mean? You too. It's, 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 it's not an easy, it's not an easy platform to utilize at all. It's not for, it's not for everyone. Don't get to really process a lot of what we're feeling with other people. So it's nice to have this kind of container to do that. Um, Uh, Within the frame of there's nothing more spiritual than being human. Another important thing that we need to remember on, uh, uh, remember about is uh, the joy. Talk about you work with your guides a lot. And I'm just curious, how does that sort of come into play for you? Like, how do you, because I I get a lot of questions from people about like, how do I convene with my spirit guides? And in your experience, what has been some of the most helpful sort of tools that you've utilized to build a relationship with your guides? First of all, stop trying to put a title or a face on it. Yes. Sometimes uh, people that come and ask about how can I find out who my guides are or how can, how can I connect to them? It's not about who they are because the energies of your guides will present to you the way you want to perceive them. It can turn out to be your grandma or it will turn out to 
look like Archangel Raphael. It will end up being the same exact entity, the same exact energy, but it will show up in different forms because it depends on where you are at. And sometimes we don't even need to know what the form is or who they are because it's not important. It's the same thing as trying to put an identity on, identity on source. Um, that's what happened with spiritual uh, with Christianity when they put identity on God and made him up to be this old man in the clouds. Uh, because you can't really understand source from a human perspective in that way. He doesn't have a body. Same goes towards our spirit guides. Sometimes it's just your higher self. So it will be the version of you coming through as an archangel because your mindset is only ready to receive that information. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter uh, what their names are or how they look like. What matters is how you communicate with them. So here I always say, pay attention to your clairs. Are you a seer, a knower, or a feeler? Or a, uh, a hearer? <laughs> That's an word. But basically, uh, whenever it comes to energy reading, I don't see I don't feel, well, I feel sometimes, but I don't see, you know, when I say that I had a vision, I didn't have an actual vision in front of my eyes. I know it comes in thought forms, in words, but I put like a picture together because of those words. So in this case, people need to understand what kind of clairs they have, what are the most active. Um, so out of four or five of them, we usually have two or three more active than the others and in my in my experience in order to connect to your spirit guides you need to figure out how you process this energy how you process the information so if you are a cognizant for example what works for me is brain dumping and info dumping everything in a journal because when I put all the thoughts together in one space, I can figure out what comes from source, what comes from guides, what comes from just me being me uh, as a human and stuff like that. Intuitive writing helps with that as well, where you just let yourself go with every thought that comes through. Um, uh, what happens is I sometimes ask a question, I write it down, and then I just let myself write an answer. Whether it's my subconscious answering or guides or whatever, it doesn't matter because I find the answer that I'm looking for within that writing um same goes towards meditation if you guys want to meditate and find your spirit guides understand what meditation works for you because sitting in a dark room in a lotus position doesn't always work for everyone uh as a neurodivergent that just makes me sleepy or it makes <laughs> me bored i really i get distracted very easily uh, on my phone or something else. So I find a very mundane task that can put my brain on autopilot, like washing dishes, crocheting or journaling or find an, anything that makes my brain go into autopilot. And then I can pay attention to my thoughts in a different perspective. So there is no right or wrong way to connect to spirit guides. But the biggest thing that, and I think misconception that people have is what I mentioned the identity it really doesn't yeah. matter it doesn't matter uh you still can communicate with them without knowing who they are it same goes to the ancestral work I don't know majority of my ancestors I will never be able to find who they are because of how everything's lost especially in Russia so 
I will never be able to find, but however, I still have connection to them because I physically carry their DNA with me. Yeah. So they're parts of me. Therefore, they're also parts of my psyche. Therefore, I still have connection to them, but I don't, I don't need to know their names or to know how they looked like. It's beneficial sometimes, but it doesn't matter. So that's the biggest misconception that people have. And I think, uh, I don't think, I, I can't even guarantee that that's Yahweh and Metatron. I can't guarantee. Right. That's how I perceive it right now. So when I say, uh, I had a video that went uh, more or less big where I said conversation with my guide and I called him Yahweh. I'm like, yeah, I, I perceive it as Yahweh now. It can change into Zeus tomorrow. It can become just part of my higher self the next day. I don't care. It's just the energy and the concept that I'm the most comfortable with right now, the most uh, understa- the most understandable concept for me right now is both of those energies, Metatron and Yahweh, but it doesn't mean it's not going to change tomorrow. Um, moreover, majority of our spirit guides are actually either versions of our higher self or the ancestors. We don't have anything else really um if um someone works with a deity or entity within witchcraft that's a different story but spirit guides are either versions of us or our ancestors because it's our dna it's us nothing else will actually guide us but ourselves that that's coming back to how much power we actually hold so even ancestors can be uh, perceived as versions of ourselves too because yeah I love that I love that that that's something that really struck a chord with me I had a mentor who told me that once he said you know the way that you perceive your spirit guides is generally going to be through an archetype within yourself that you recognize and you're they're helping you to embody that's and they they portray those things they project themselves in a three-dimensional way that you'll understand so that you can understand the way in which that energy is working with you or that part mm-hmm. of yourself is working with you and same thing went for when he talked about like trans channeling um mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of theories on that of are you really you know there's no way to know like are we really truly channeling this other entity or is it a deeper level of like subconscious knowing that's coming from the channel themselves or um, for some, sorry uh for some time I don't remember when, but I think it was August, September last year is when we were very deeply working with past lives and different timelines. And we started figuring out that obviously from a, we went from like a back door instead of going into understanding that this is the archetypes within ourselves. We kind of started from thinking, oh, we have soul fragments. Those soul fragments can be in different God's deities and blah, blah, blah. This is where I still was, was with that woman. But I started realizing that it's not so much about which, who that archetypes are because they her her people and her started putting a name on themselves like i'm this i'm that i'm whatever calling themselves uh, with the names of ancient gods or of archangels and stuff she's archangel michael apparently so I, I i started catching on that that's a bit culty so i i started thinking hold up we are just human which means, yes, we might have connection to this angel, but what does that represent? Is that actually our past life as an angel 
or is it just the type of energy that we are carrying, the archetypal mm -hmm. energy that we are carrying? And that's when I realized that actually every human being will have connection to, if we say lower vibrational beings like demons or whatever, or darker entities, we will have them there. Or and when we go up higher and higher and higher through our energy centers back to the crown and up, we will connect with everything else, with earthly entities with angels with deities from different pantheons and then we will connect to the galactic stuff as well because we do have connection to the galactic shit but there is nothing there's no federation because every single step that i'm talking about here is an archetype within our own brain yeah um, that's it and when i uh so absolutely when we have for example yahweh coming through or metatron or whatever this energy is uh if we talk about different people working with that energy that just means that we as humans working with metatron we connect to a certain way of thinking or a certain part of our psyche that is similar in every human being that's it um and it's interesting to me because psychology doesn't really look into that seriously and through the archetypes a lot of uh people who are in psychology i don't know you've probably seen dr Ina <laughs> on tiktok um she does deny a lot of the things that we talk about and she does she said something about personality tests and archetypes since that they're like bs i just wish that psychology and psychiatry went a little bit deeper into mm -hmm. archetypes because one way or another, we all end up coming back to them. And yeah. at this point, with this conversation going here, I did start thinking that maybe what people call atheist witch, um, Chawon, yes. you know her probably, yeah. I would rather call myself atheist witch than a light worker because that's how I think it works. Uh, while I do think there is this global energy because it's also scientifically proven, um, I think that all these entities, deities, beings, even shadow people are all representation of our own brain. Yeah, and we just and be, but but the reason why we separate from them consciously or subconsciously because we're brainwashed to do that by Hollywood, by society, by everything else, we always see them as something separate and something so scary. Yeah. My friend, actually, um, she had this haunting in her house for a long time, and she was trying to get rid of it by doing banishing spells and all that stuff, and it never worked. She also used sage uh, to try to cleanse the air, and nothing worked. And then we started working with it, and she said, that's my fucking shadow. She separated herself from her own darkness into a separate entity that she got scared of and tried to poison. So she ended up just trying to integrate it back uh, and the haunting stopped. So at the end of the day, everything that exists, exists without um, within our own brain, mind, and it doesn't matter how it looks like or who they are, I mean, spirit guides. Well, we need to remember that there is nothing more spiritual <laughs> to, than being human. And also that everything is already within us. So even yep. if it feels like 
a deity comes through from somewhere, it actually still is within you. That's it. Yeah, that's a really powerful lesson. And I, I, when I, when I do house cleansings, a lot of the time, what I find is that's, that's, that's what it is. It's not what's haunting them. It's, it's all, you have to work with them on Mm -hmm. a different level. I work with my clients on a different level in that way, because a lot of times it's usually the grief from the loss of a loved one who died in the home. And, you know, and once they realize that these things calm down a lot and it's so powerful to see that shift and that change when someone realizes like, oh my goodness, I'm literally projecting. This is a projection. This is a mere mere projection. And I think that that's so powerful as well. It's so fucking powerful. So that's wild. And it, it can manifest in so many different ways. And I love that. That's why I don't put title on myself. And that's why I also want to be able to get the counseling diploma or degree so that I could explore the psychology of this entire experience as well. Because I can put a lot of mystical stuff on top. I can, I can work with energy as I do. However, and this is like my biggest regret in my life, um, I have always been fascinated by psychology and psychiatry and a human mind in general. Um, I think that within this story, within this realization and lesson, we still end up underestimating the power of our own mind. Uh, But this is what I think uh, my and a lot of other um, spiritual people goal is. Um, I think you hope me and a few others are trying to make it understandable that you don't need a third party. You don't need to go to someone else. To... The One of the reasons why I don't do uh, mediumship actually is because I don't have the mental capacity to handle that. A lot of times people who come to mediums, in my opinion, you can say from your experience, it's people who are in grief. Mm-hmm. And uh I don't handle it really well. It's very, very hard for me to handle that type of emotion, especially if it's fresh. It's very hard. So that's a completely different specialty. And I think it it's more often in mediumship where people find the container to process grief and to process trauma of loss. While in my experience, while I do get people who process trauma with my stuff, they, the majority of people who were interested in my sessions were mostly those who wanted to know their past lives and get on the fantasy um, that that provided. As soon yeah. as I got real with my stuff, um, I have less people coming. But that's, you know... <laughs> I was that's the evolution that's that's the evolution of you and that's the evolution of your practice and yeah we are no separate from those who come to us with desperation because we have our moments like that as well and sometimes we need that type of help too and that's okay and I think what's important in our situation what we are doing really well whether it's here or on our on our other social media is staying real and uh, reminding that we, as spiritual workers of any type, aren't different from them. We aren't separate. 
and with our experiences and lessons and staying um, the grounded and truthful to our practice and to them will be a great example for yeah oh dear I think I've processed so much of recent downloads with you right now that it's (laughs) mind-blowing me blowing my mind away wonderful to connect with you and I'm so grateful for this conversation today this was so awesome and I had such a good time and oh my gosh um (laughs) this basically summed up my entire experience of existence from August until today so (laughs) that's a lot of information to process but to be honest uh the entire conversation made everything so much more simpler and I'm so grateful I'm oh, so grateful for all of this. Oh, I'm grateful for I'm grateful for you and the connection that we've made. And 